Welcome to the 99 Challenges Podcast. On each episode in this show, we bring you one challenge that your business can face and invite experts to provide insights on overcoming these challenges. This episode is brought to you by Anywhere Consulting. We solve problems for growing businesses. We follow up each episode with more content at the99challenges.com or at anywhere.consulting. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Peter Benay, founder of Anywhere Consulting. In today's episode, we will talk about podcasting. We will discuss why you should create a podcast as a business, what can you achieve with it, and how a simple production process looks like so you can get started right away. We will also touch the importance of thought leadership and personal brand. To discuss the topic, I invited Jake Jorgoven, founder of Lead Cookie and Content Allies. Hi, Jake. Super pumped up to be here. Thanks for having me on the show here, Peter. Awesome. So let's discuss your journey. How did you end up with podcasting? Yeah. So podcasting was something I started years ago. I've been running my podcast, Working Without Pants, for over 200 episodes now. And it's been, I think it's been seven years. I took some breaks in it and whatnot along the way. But I run that. And now I also run another podcast called Leaders of B2B. And at one point, I, I analyzed and I realized that my first company, Lead Cookie, I realized that it was something like 68% of our revenue was a result of my podcast. And it was really interesting whenever I like I did this like attribution and checked it. And I was like, wow, that's really crazy. But what was really interesting is it wasn't the listeners that was driving it. There were some listeners, you know, that was a, a percentage of it. But a lot of it was these relationships that I was building. It was these people that I interviewed became guests. It was I interviewed someone and they interviewed me back or they had me do a webinar or something for their audience. And, or I got invited to speak at a conference because I interviewed someone who organized a conference. And I started seeing just all of these ways that revenue was tracing back to my podcast and those relationships I was building. And so that's what really led to me, you know, eventually focusing content allies down on being a B2B podcast production agency was realizing how well it worked for me to grow my businesses and, you know, the clients we were doing this for, they were getting amazing results from it as well. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I ended up landing in this world of doing podcast production. What was it different like seven years ago? It's, it sounds like an awful lot of time. <laughs> it definitely, it's, it's gotten easier if anything. So that's a good news. I don't think it's drastically, drastically different. You know, obviously there is more podcasts out there. So there's maybe more listener competition, but again, as I just mentioned, that is not even the biggest value of it, but the tools have gotten so much better. My Working Without Pants podcast is still hosted on Libsyn. And if anyone is familiar with Libsyn, it's ugly, horrible platform. Looks like it was built in like 1999. And I just haven't migrated off of, but there's so many better tools out there like Anchor and Simplecast that are just like these beautiful, simple, elegant ways to manage your podcast. That's like, you know, like podcast for dummies and stuff. And so it's, it's gotten so much easier than what it was years ago. I follow your journey quite a while and you always keep getting back to the same topic, which is thought leadership and personal brand. And I think it's worthwhile to discuss that you not just created a podcast from, from scratch, but you also had a blog around it and also other content around it. And you also operate a very prolific high-profile newsletter around everything. So... Does it really matter to create content around your podcast to amplify the message or you can just simply just, you know, move into the podcasting as, as it is and that's it? Uh, I mean, 
it's a big endeavor to dive into blogging and into podcasting and personal website and everything. So for a lot of people, if they don't have a personal brand, uh, they don't have a podcast or anything like that, all is like, those are all like, I would say separate undertakings. And I stacked all of those over the years. Like I didn't just one day throw up a personal website, start blogging weekly, and then, you know, start podcasting at the same time. It was, it was stacked over the years where I rolled out each of those kind of different things. So I would say, I would look at those as different things. I do think, you know, I'm a big fan of personal branding. It's phenomenal, but I think for most B2B companies, like the way to look at podcasting as a strategy is you're using your podcast as a way to network, like podcasting equals networking. And so the, uh, the whole entire strategy that we advocate at Content Analyze is build a podcast that is focused around featuring your ideal customers and strategic partners as guests, and then go out and just start interviewing them. And it's a way to have conversations. It's a way to build relationships uh, and create content at the same time. It's kind of a thing where I always look at it as like, if you have 52 conversations with hour-long conversations with your ideal customers this upcoming year, do you think some of those are going to turn into clients? And chances are, yes. I know, Peter, even you mentioned already out of this podcast, some of your guests have turned into clients. And that's exactly kind of what we're talking about. And what I saw from my experiences is that, you know, whether it was a partnership or a direct client relationship, doing these interviews led to really great revenue relationships. And so that's really kind of the angle we look at it with. And so I think if you're looking for a good tactic and a strategy that is just like built on the foundations of networking and relationships, which are not going to change, uh, starting a podcast to feature your ideal audience is a phenomenal way to go. I, I agree. One of the previous guests of this show, John Schumacher, he's a webinar expert. And, and he said that even during times like these where the attention span is, well, really low for the users on average, still webinars are commanding 30 plus minutes uh, of attention for an average webinar as an attendee. Do you think that's the same for a podcast? And for what do you think would be the ideal length for a podcast? Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing with podcasts is if the content's good, I don't think the length matters. Like there's people out there that do really cool, really short, five minute actionable podcasts. And like, that's their thing. And then, you know, you've got like a Tim Ferriss interview that's two hours long, but it's great content. So you don't care. I've got a podcast that I listen to on a regular basis. That's not business related at all. It's about modular synthesizers an hour and a half each episode. And I just, I listen to the whole thing. And what's, what's cool about a podcast is like, you can stop and then you come back. Like I, I got, you know, an hour into a podcast when I was cooking uh, lunch today. And now I'm just going to come back and finish that whenever I go cook dinner. And that's the cool thing about podcasting is if the content's good, the length doesn't really matter because people can stop and come back to it. You know, they listen to 10 minutes while they're on a drive. They listen to 10 minutes while they're on the drive home. That's the interesting thing about the format and like the way the podcast players are set up is you just pick up where you left off. It's kind of like a radio station that you can just press pause on. And I also checked the podcast uh, that you produce at Content Allies. And one of the interesting insights that, that I had is that normally people would think that creating a podcast is for those who are selling professional service or like productized service. Mm -hmm. because uh, you can engage with an audience for a longer period of time, build loyalty, build trust, you know, the whole, whole cookie. But for example, you, you create or produce podcasts for very, very small little niches. And it's really interesting that it works for them. So do you think that anyone can create a podcast regardless of their niche? 
or their product or their service? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always situation by situation and if it's the right tactic. But I think if you have a high customer value, I think that this is phenomenal for you. Even without that, like if, even if you had like a lower customer product, you could use it, but just focus on partnership angles. It might drive more traffic or something. But, you know, we've got some really niche podcasts. Um, we've got one all about supply chain. We've got another one yeah. about talent acquisition. We've got another one about how people are, you know, like changing their spaces as a result of the pandemic, their physical spaces. We've got another one on commercial real estate and like, it's, it's just very super niche podcasts. And that's like the kind of strategy for our clients, but we have yet to have a niche where we can't find the right kind of guests, you know, and in some industries, you know, some people, uh, we've got one in the long-term care niche and people in that industry are a little, not everybody says yes, but enough people say yes to still make a great podcast. So we have yet to find a niche that you can't do it for. I'll tell you when you go to bigger corporates, there is tends to be a little bit more of an approval flow, yeah. stuff like that with them making sure that everything they said is okay. You have to run it by the compliance department, but it's it's nothing too crazy and pretty, pretty straightforward. So let's get practical a little bit. So what do you think would be the the hardest or the biggest challenge for someone who yet to create a podcast would it be the production of the entire production the process itself or someone just microphone shy maybe to interview people and also how would you overcome these challenges if you are recommending a podcast to start with yeah so I'd say that there's a lot of challenges and I find it's a little bit different for everybody I think most people that end up starting a podcast aren't too microphone shy. And that's the, why they maybe decide to go down this route in the first place. So if starting a podcast is just absolutely horrific to you, then it might not be the right tactic. Like, you know, just don't don't force something that's not a natural fit for your personality. But if, if you're a good speaker and like you enjoy this and you, th you could see that, then it really comes down to the production aspect. Because the hard part of podcasting is that, you know, you, you can do this on your own. Like we do a content allies, we're an agency, we do this all for you. And like we work with B2B companies where, They don't have much time, but they want a podcast done and like they're super busy. But like, I'll tell you that you can do it much more affordably in-house, but you have a lot of project management to do. And it, and honestly, it may it sometimes almost like can break the affordability with the amount of project management because uh, if you're going to do a podcast and do it right, you will need someone to do guest scheduling and reach out and just finding guests for the podcast. You need an audio editor to edit the show, the podcast and everything like that. You'll need a graphic designer to create your thumbnails for each episode. You need a writer to do your show notes and maybe articles from each of those. And then we like to do videos as well from each of our episodes. And then also, you know, like we have the writer do social content, social posts to promote it. And then someone to publish it to the website and everything as well. So there's a lot of different roles that go into it. And so I'd say like the biggest challenge for most people with the podcast, like any single one of those individually is not that hard. You can go to Upwork, you can go to Fiverr, you can find people. But the hard part of podcasting is managing all of that and doing that week in and week out. And like where we've excelled as a company is we've built like a really, really strong system where we just have a great team. We've got great processes that immediately hands one thing to the next person and it kind of runs it through in that flow. So I'd say project management is probably the biggest hurdle for most people with podcasts. I, I highly agree with that. And I can speak from my own, own experience as well. Producing the 99 challenges, It's not that hard of a work, but only because we are an agency. 
So if you are a supply chain product, for example, or a supply chain consulting company, you have to hire or you know outsource somehow some of the elements of, of the podcast creation because it does require a lot of like small little some little details that you need to manage, especially when it comes to the content around the podcast. So, and let's elaborate a little bit on that. Why do you think that everyone needs to create like, for example, short video clips? We do that for the 99 challenges as well, by the way. Why do you think that we need to create a social media content around it or maybe follow up with other blog posts? Does it help with the, with the amplification maybe? Yeah, so the way we like to do it is all the social content we create, we create little social videos that feature the guest. We create quote blocks that are kind of graphic designed with like the quotes, pick the guest picture and a quote of them. And we do all of this because when you give all of that to a guest, chances are they've never had someone produce a professional video of them speaking. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. But either way, like you're giving them a professional video of them speaking. You're then giving them this cool quote block that of them speaking and a bunch of social posts. And I'll tell you, like, since starting this approach with leaders of B2B and really being intentional about all this, like my LinkedIn has never been busier. Like I'm just getting tagged and stuff every day. Cause like all of our guests are just like, we're just giving them all this stuff. And like, they're like, they just hand it to their marketing team and their marketing team loads it up. And it's like, Hey, we've got all this really cool stuff that makes our CEO look awesome. And so we're getting tagged on all this stuff. It's like led to just like massive attention and growth. And so that's kind of like the angle around it is a, it helps you promote the show on your channels, but more importantly, when you just deliver a folder with all those assets to your guest then they promote it as well. And that just drives even more back to you, more inbound and more awareness of what you're doing. So that is kind of why we look at the importance of that. That's so much where, and again, it's like, you're already doing all the work for the interview. So you might as well do that last leg of repurposing and get all that other benefit out of the same time investment. Yeah. And also it helps with the networking. So I can speak about my experience as well. My LinkedIn, same never been much busier all because of the podcasting yeah, yeah do you use the podcasting content to actually generate leads or or do you think that anyone can use a podcast to like hardcore old school way generate leads with that content yeah i mean we definitely get inbound leads from the podcast as well i would say the the short term tends to be leads that come from, you know, the relationships with guests. So like that is kind of the quick wins. And then over time, as you start to build an audience, that definitely will start to kind of generate leads and inbounds as well, where we do get those also. So yeah, I, I think you, you can definitely get it from the audience as well. But I think the short term is just like, if you can just think like of the podcast is like, you're getting 52 meetings to build relationships with people. I almost look at it as like, it's like the new conferences. Instead of going to a conference where it's like kind of iffy, maybe we'll be able to go to the conferences over the next year, maybe not. And, you know, do all this networking. Now you're just able to kind of targeted network because a conference too, you're just kind of whoever you bump into that you start talking with here. It's like, like today I was literally looking through SaaS conferences that I'm like, okay, these are people that I want to talk to that I want to build relationships with. And so I'm just laser targeted networking with the exact kind of people that I want to. And so I think when you look at it in that way, that's the biggest angle and the quickest way to deliver ROI from the podcast. The 99 Challenges podcast is produced by Anywhere Consulting. We solve problems for growing businesses with specialized marketing and business services. 
If you want to partner up with us, visit our site at anywhere.consulting. If you want to read more about our podcast episodes or want to become a guest on our show, please visit d99challenges.com. How can you sign up uh, a prominent guest? Do you have any tactics to share? Mm. Yeah. So one of the biggest things I'll say that will help your guest conversion is just having social proof in your outreach. And so the two biggest ways to have social proof in your outreach is one are who are other high profile guests that you can get on without, you know, that just from your existing network. And two would be, do you have an email or some sort of distribution list? And those two things are typically the biggest social triggers that are going to get someone to want to be a guest on your podcast. So give an example. One of our clients through his network, he was able to pull in a guest from 3M, Walgreens, Cisco, a bunch of like really big fortune 500 companies that were in his network. And so in our outreach, even though the show's brand new, we don't even have a single episode published. We're like, hey, our first guests are from so, so, and so. And then like we start booking like Aflac. We've got like Nike responding to us. We've got all these really big Fortune 500s that are like, yeah, we'll do the show because these other people are on the show. So that's one angle. And that's very helpful in the early days. And then in terms of the other would be, you know, we've got another guest or another company where it's like, hey, we've got a list of 10,000 commercial real estate professionals. It's like, okay, cool. We'll put that in the message and people are pretty excited to get in front of that. So those two tend to be the really good social triggers that'll make someone interested. And in terms of getting high profile guests, you can try that. And then also, you know, it might just be like, you got to wait until your show's a little bit more established. It wasn't, it was probably around episode 60 or 70. And then it's like, what's weird is people start reaching out to you. I remember I interviewed Tucker Max and John Warlow and Mike Michalowicz and like uh, a bunch of these really big business authors. And it was like, they were reaching out to me, which was really interesting. And, you know, some of them I reached out to, I think I reached out to Mike Michalowicz and, you know, if you just write something personal too, like Mike Michalowicz, I'm like, Hey man, I love your books. I would love to interview you. I got this podcast. It's not a huge audience, but like, you know, for what, for like your level, but I love your books and would love to share the story. And he's all, all on board for it. So just a good personal message with it too. Like that can go a super long way. So if you're talking about podcasting, we also mentioned lead generation and, and networking and building a business. That's basically the number one goal while you're starting a podcast anyway, if you're a B2B company. The biggest question I think is that how to turn listeners or guests to actual clients. Do you have any tactical tips that you can share? Yes, that's one of the biggest questions a lot of our clients come up with. And it's And it's an interesting one there where it is, I think the biggest thing I'll say is you don't want your clients to feel like they're in a funnel. And so I've seen some people like over automate this where it looks like really, and and I've been this where people do interviews and it's kind of like skeezy and it's just like clearly designed to sell you something. And you don't necessarily want that because you do want it to really just be valuable. And so one of the biggest ways I'd look at this is, you know, interviewing someone, whenever you interview someone and you have a relationship where you have a kind of a call with them and you interview them. It's kind of just some point in there dropping, you know, like a little just kind of statement of, hey, this is, you know, this is what we do. And it doesn't need to be anything, but just casual in there and just see based off of you describing what you do, if they show any interest. I and mean, that's like that alone sometimes is enough for the person to be like, oh, that's interesting. Like we could use help with that. And so that's like one really simple way to turn these kind of interviews into actual business conversations. So that's a very very basic one. Another one is often like after the fact, you know, I'll maybe say something along the lines of, Hey, like really, really like what you guys are doing. There may be some ways we could help out. Like we'd be open to another call to kind of talk more, just say something like that. Sometimes on the call, sometimes I'll send that over through email at a later time, but you know, that might ask something like that. But another way is I'll kind of slow play it. And I just look for ways to deliver value. 
And so, you know, sometimes I just like, I am um, really apprehensive. It doesn't feel right to make an ask right away. And so I look at like, okay, how do I create value? So I like to try to find like, who can I introduce this person to? That would be valuable. And so a lot of times I'm like, I'm interviewing a guest and I'm just like connecting them to other guests who I've talked to that are in a similar space that might be good to know each other. I might, you know, find something useful to send them or something like that, but I'm just trying to figure out how do I create value and just kind of become that like trusted person in their network. Who's like, Hey, like, let's just be a collaborator or be valuable. And so it's all just like, kind of like, you know, business networking one-on-one of just like build value. But if you do that at some point, you know, it's crazy if you like, you know, try to deliver value in a few points. And then at some point you're like, Hey, I got this idea. I think we could help you out. Like, would you be up for a call? Like my conversion on that, like to someone being like, yeah, I'll hear you out on your pitch. It's just super high. If I've like made some intros to them, I've like sent them something I thought was cool or useful for them or like sent them a resource or something like um, that is kind of my typical angle on that. It's just like meet them, kind of put some just, Hey, this is what we do. If you're ever interested, let me know see if they bite on that. And if not, just kind of slow play it, deliver value to them. Maybe then like make some asks there and make some intros, but that kind of stuff, like it, it's interesting because it doesn't always happen right away. Sometimes it'll happen three months, six months after the interview. But if you're just kind of like, look at it as like, Hey, I just built this new relationship and I'm just going to kind of try to keep touching base with this person and just finding ways to deliver value. It tends to lead to something if they're actually a good fit there. On top of that, I also will like incorporate some questions into that interview to qualify if I think they could be a good fit too, just so I know which ones to kind of give more attention to than others and stuff like that. But that's kind of the, some of the general tips and ways I look about kind of converting those uh, yeah. interviews into actual business relationships. I agree. Patience is really a key player here. So you, you're always playing the long tail game when it comes to, well, selling to these people. I wouldn't consider this selling. It's more like, yeah, as you said, providing value for the long term, mm-hmm. for the good. Okay, let's let's step a little bit, bit back. And let's say I'm a business owner and I already de- uh, decided that I want to jump into this podcasting train. I don't want to jump into the YouTube train. I don't want to jump into the other platforms. I want to do podcasting, but I don't know what would be my show, where should I focus and how should I create the process to actually produce the content? What do you think would be the the crucial steps that I should take? Yeah. So easy answer, call content allies, but the, the, (laughs) the, the longer answer on it is like from a show strategy angle, what I would look at is, is to basically the way I always like to think about it is like, what is your specialty? And so for example, we've got a customer who does video testimonials and they focus mainly on B2B SaaS companies and their target customer is ahead of marketing. And so I basically said, okay, you know, initially the conversation, and this is like the gap, a lot of people in there are like, okay, well, we want to do like a, a podcast about like customer storytelling and stuff. Cause that's like kind of how they describe themselves, like customer storytelling. And that is like the pitfall a lot of people fall into is they try to make their podcast around what they are specialists in. And that's actually a really terrible idea because no one's going to want to be a guest on that because that's your specialty and no one else is going to feel like an expert on that. So what you want to do is go a level up. And so for this particular show, we call it modern SaaS marketing. And, you know, basically like we want to go and create the show for that speaks to and interviews his ideal customer, sort of like he's video testimonials, they level up from them is SaaS marketers and CMOs of SaaS companies. And so what you wanna do is figure out where do you exist, go up one level in that food chain 
And that is typically where you want to position your show. And some of the things to look at is if you can kind of do something, a show is that like is an ego boost um, to the guests that also helps with conversion. I'll tell you leaders of B2B is phenomenal. Works really well for that tail and acquisition leaders because like these show names where you're featuring people and you're making them look really proficient in their industry just goes a super long way to be like, oh, I was on the leaders of B2B show or anything like that. So that's kind of what we recommend is like go up a level in terms of your strategy and then really just try to make sure something that's going to kind of ego boost your hosts. And that's kind of the way that we like to think about show strategy for our clients. And and once that strategy fixed, you should fix, I guess, the production part as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you're not going to hire a full on company and you want to do this in-house, you can probably get away with just a show notes writer and a audio editor and keeping it really simple there. And, and I guess you'd also need a graphic designer too. So I think that'd be about your bare minimum on if, if you were going to put this together so you can have someone who's doing your graphic designs, uh, your show notes, and then your audio production. And then again, you'll use tool to host your podcast. We use Anchor is what I recommend. And also if you, if you don't want to do an audio editor, you really want to bootstrap it. Anchor has some really simple editing tools built into. So using a tool like that to get it hosted, but that's what I would look at and is hire those people and kind of get your show artwork created, get it up and out there and just start doing interviews and don't put too much pressure on it. Just get started and go. Your first few episodes are going to suck. Everybody's do. And then you'll get better. <laughs> you'll get better over time and stuff like that. So just don't sweat it too much and just get going. Because again, it's all about the relationships you build and you'll improve and you'll get better and you can adjust over time. Cool. Cool. By the way, this show is not sponsored by the script, but I want to uh, highlight mm. that how much I love that tool uh, as an audio editing tool. You don't Sometimes you don't even need an audio, audio editor because everything is sold by AI. So speaking of the AI and the future, what do you think would be the future of podcasting given the situation that now we have Clubhouse and other tools or apps or solutions that embracing audio? It seems to be that about 2021 will be the, the year of the audio, I think. So what do you think, yeah. what, what the future holds us for us? I mean, I think it's, I think we can look at it. It's just going to hit maturity kind of like blogging does where I don't think it's ever going to go away. Yes, there will be things like Clubhouse that come out or things like this that grow and evolve, but I don't think that these things are ever going to go away as a medium. So I think podcasting is a content medium. It is here to stay. It's just going to become a new way to create content and everything. And I, I think it's, we have a very good long-term future of looking at it. And yes, there may be live things like Clubhouse or stuff like this, but I think podcasting is here to stay. One prediction I have that I think is very interesting is Anchor. It was bought by Spotify. And what's really cool about the way that they did Anchors, this isn't too much relevant to B2B, but I think it's very interesting on like the B2C side is they built their tool where basically you just cut up little segments and stuff like that. And so like you have your intro segment, you can have a sponsor plug, then you have your interview and then you can drop sponsor plugs. But what I find interesting is I think Spotify is moving toward this model where you can just basically drop sponsorship, basically drop ads in the middle of your podcast as a way to monetize it. It's what I'm expecting. And then basically Spotify will just fill that with an ad of whatever type. So that's kind of where I'm expecting Spotify to go, at least as a platform. What I think is going to happen with a lot of these podcasting platforms where you're going to be able to 
just leave a blank spot for anybody to put ads there, which I don't think is going to be much money. And it's probably not going to be interesting to most B2B, but I think we'll see some interesting ways that advertising are incorporated mostly for B2C podcasts in the future. But I think it's just going to mature like blogging and, and be here for the long term. What's the weirdest podcast that you have ever listened to? weirdest podcasts. I don't know. Like I said, I listen to a bunch of stuff on modular synthesizers. And so it's really nerdy stuff that most people probably don't even know what I'm talking about. So that's pretty weird. And I listen to them like every day. So that is my, that is my, my weirdness that I listen to on a, on a regular basis. I just, I just listened to a show where a Zen master talked about calligraphy writing, which I'm by the way into. So that's, that's like insanely weird to share content like this in an audio format. So yeah, anyway, cool. If anyone has any questions to you or if they want to start their own podcast and want to call Content Allies, can you please share some contact details where people can find you? Yep. So our whole, the B2B podcast agency is at contentallies.com. And then for me, my personal website is jake-jorgovan.com. If you just try to type in Jake Jorgovan into Google, there's no one with a name anywhere close. So you'll probably get it and it'll probably come up. So yeah, try that out as well. But that's where I got my blog, my personal podcast, everything like that as well. And my main hub for everything. So that'd be the best place to find me. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show. That was really, really awesome. Thanks for having me on here, Peter. Cool. So I hope you could provide valuable insights on podcasting. We will mm -hmm. cover more business challenges in our upcoming episodes. And as always, we will follow up this show with more content on our site at the99challenges.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to the 99 Challenges show. We follow up each episode with more content at the99challenges.com or at anywhere.consulting. Have a specific challenge you want us to discuss? Want to be a guest on our show? feel free to drop us a line at info at anywhere.consulting. Until next time, take care and grow.